Shut up, I love it. Houston, we have a podcast. Shut up. I love it. I am Joe Cabello and I'm here with Sasha Filer. What is this podcast? It's Shut Up. I Love It, where we invite a special returning guest to talk about something underrated, underappreciated, forgotten, misunderstood, anything that needs a little bit of love that they love. The sun. It doesn't matter that it needs love. It's that they love it. They think they need love. This is an interview with a returning guest who was one of the first guests on Shut Up, I Love It. He's a video game designer, but more importantly, he's the father of two beautiful children and often a janitor character on the best improv team in the world, direct-to-video. Welcome, Sean Kearney. I love it! Oh, thank you. And and I will say I... uh... I had to explain to my son what a podcast was. I have a seven-year-old son, and he said, what's a podcast? And I said, it's like a radio show that less people listen to. That was my description. <laughs> and he, he said, what's, what's a radio, radio sh- show? Yeah, oh, he did. Yeah. He probably did. He, I guess he's he's heard maybe like serious radio, which is just like an, an iPod yeah. on shuffle. So that's not true radio. My cousin quit Twitter. And because once Elon took over and started working for Sirius, that's my connection to Sirius Radio. I will say I got it. We I like lease my car, so you usually just get free show Sirius. Off. I know, guys, it's great. <laughs> um, but they uh, they always are down to cut a deal because when the free Sirius ran out, uh-huh. I was ready to cancel. Yeah, and I called, and those guys they'll. Desperate. They'll talk you down to the wire. Yeah. They'll we'll be like, keep what about, it to you what for about free? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's almost that bad. Um, Did you even listen to it? I do. I listen. There okay. is a 90s alternative channel. That's like what okay. K-Rock was in like the mid-90s. Counting Crows. Well, there is a Bruce Springsteen channel. Oh, which, uh, fucking forget it. Yeah. Sorry. We're already East dropped the F-bomb. I feel like once like certain a certain segment of the population understands how to use like Spotify, Sirius will die. Oh, absolutely. Like, oh, absolutely. I feel like it's only hanging mm. on by ignorance of not knowing how to use the other stuff. Well, and all the DJs, um, they're like cla- like legendary DJs from different areas, mm. and they all record out of their homes now. So I think also there's just no overhead because like this mm. is the operation that they're doing. And so I think it's just so damn cheap that they're like, eh, fuck it, keep doing it. Yeah, it's a There's some off. crazy stuff on it. Yeah, it's just, yeah. at the end of the day, it's a write-off for probably some mega corporation that owns it. It's at this point that the audience has opened up their <laughs> phone and looked and double-checked the episode to see if it's actually about the topic that they thought it was. And they're like, wait, is this the Sirius episode? Did I didn't I, even did think I that I could up? defend Sirius. Cause well, I you did. I, it, it'd be tough, though, because on the one hand, I'd want to defend them. But on the other hand, every year when I call to renegotiate my terms, oh. I claim that they're the worst to get the best deal. I go, you can't cost me more than Netflix. You do not serve a purpose like Netflix does to me. You do it with everything, though. That's true. I would do it to Netflix if I could. <laughs> Your own family. You do oh, not yeah. serve a Your purpose, wife. dad. <laughs> Compared to Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Once you can give me new content every Thursday and Friday, including sitcoms, movies, and documentaries, 
and free then, commercials. <laughs> then you can have dinner. <laughs> Sean, what yeah. are you here truly to talk about? Uh, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> Finally. He needs a little more love. <laughs> defend him. Um, no, the movie Rocket Man, but not... Mm -hmm. Rocket yeah. Man! No, not the Elton John biopic, which I did see and I thought was fine. I got to admit, I don't really like biopics that much. Yeah, Whoa. especially it's musical biopics yeah. is like, oh, cool. The same it's one thing story. happened to you that happened yeah. to every other musician. Wait, you got way into drugs too? Go on. <laughs> Crazy. And you did a big concert? No. We, we should mention, however, that song Rocket Man does play at the end of this particular Rocket Man, the movie, which Jay, who hasn't seen this movie, did predict. He said, for sure, Rocket Man, the song is going to come yeah. up. And I said, oh, it came Could out. Elton John's song came out before 1997. He said, yes, it's been out since 70. <laughs> yeah. That's how bad I am with my, music. Uh, when I told my wife I was going to watch Rocket Man, she thought, okay, it was the Elton John one. And she said, Oh, is that that movie about that blind singer? And I was like, just because he wears glasses does not mean he's blind. Yeah, she said I, like 50% of the population wears glasses. You don't have that many blind people. No, this movie is so forgotten that, what, 20 years later, they made another movie with the same name. Like, even I thought, well, maybe this one was Rocket Spaceman. Uh-huh. Or not the word space, but like Which Rocket. Which would make sense. Space. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Even if it was. But I, but this is, no, it's but... the same name. And it, and I mean, Disney made this movie. It's a Walt Disney Huge. movie. And they are somebody, they went to make the movie Rock, the Elton John Rocket Man. And they went, oh, no, there's another movie with this name. And they went, nobody will remember. And but I you remember. do. You oh, do. I do. <laughs> this so movie, what is this? It's what is not this even on movie? Apple. Yeah. Did yeah, you guys notice not. that? <laughs> yeah, I looked it for it there and I was like, oh, that's a bad sign when it's not on Apple. But yeah. it is readily available on other services, yeah. luckily. Um, so what it is, is it's this? from 1997. What a year. What a year. Uh, I looked up other kids' movies that came out to prove a point that I had about why I liked the movie. And I'll get to that later. But I looked up you're into kids because <laughs> I'm a big kid guy. <laughs> interesting, um, interesting phrasing. Have you guys ever seen Dateline NBC? <laughs> um, so no, it uh, movies that came out that year: Jungle to Jungle with Tim Allen. Classic. I was looking up live action, like not animated, because movies sure. not animated. This is a live action movie: Jungle sure. to Jungle, um, Good Burger, Sasha, oh, yeah. favorite of the show. Uh huh. Yeah. And um, Flubber. Well, those were the three massive. big ones, which was a remake, sort of, of The Nutty Professor, a sequel to okay. the, the original Nutty Professor with Jerry Lewis. And ironically, this movie is a pseudo-remake of a Jerry oh. Lewis movie. Yes, they, they, did, they did say, basically, they, the critics, they're like, oh, this movie is trying to be like a Jim Carrey or Jerry Lewis, Jerry Lewis. type of movie but what's crazy is so the movie is called the reluctant astronaut which is not ever it's it's like a remake in the thinnest of ways had come out 20 years 30 years before in 1967 and i tried to find that to watch it you cannot find it it's not on anything and i was like why shame. is this movie so hard to find and all i could find was an intro from turner classic movies explaining what had happened with the movie 
turns out it came out right before the failure or right after the failure of an Apollo mission that killed three astronauts. And so this movie, which was all about like, he's a stupid astronaut, came out in the midst of this. And that's why I think it's really hard to find. Nobody really wanted to see it. It's incredible Mm. that I was able to see with former guest guest and host of Shut Up, I Love It, Stephen Cohen, where we're able to see the day the clown cried by Jerry Lewis. But... But you Not. can't find a reluctant astronaut. But you can't find an astronaut. Yeah. It reminds me of uh, the Vince Vaughn movie, uh, The Crazy Pilot Who Crashed His Plane Into a Building, that came out on September 14th, 2001. And everyone was like, ooh, nobody wants to see that movie. Oh, I don't remember that. That's wow. not a real movie. Oh, because what if it was? Because you know what? That <laughs> sounds like it would happen. <laughs> I mean, if there I was love a that guy. it came out in your universe, it did come out, and people went to see <laughs> yeah. it. And I would have seen leaving it. the theaters and going, "Well, that wasn't that cool." Yeah. Well, this is like I, if you remember, right around nine eleven was the. Um, I remember it all. <laughs> you remember it, all. it was. <laughs> There was a trailer, the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man came out, or there was a trailer for the Spider-Man movie, and there was a big moment in the trailer where Spider-Man shoots two webs between the Twin Towers and flies through it. Obviously, they filmed this before 9-11, and they just edited out that scene from Spider-Man by the time the movie came out. But then you think about it, in 1967, you couldn't edit stuff out from this Jerry Lewis movie. You just had to... Throw it out there and hope. Yeah, you know? and the whole nobody topic, watches it. It's not like uh, the Spider-Man movie was Spider-Man versus the World Trade Center, where it's That's like, true. oh, this all hinges on it. <laughs> it's it's funny that you would be watching a Spider-Man movie and be like, wait a minute, this is not realistic. Those buildings don't <laughs> exist. This exactly. Spider-Man. Well, is that what never... the con- concern was though, or the people would get sad, right? Yeah, I think everyone I mean, just. I'm yeah. sure it's that. Everyone just went after 9-11 was just like, "Ah, if anything's remotely like Twin Towers, let's just be safe and not put it in there. So are we here talking about Rocking Man 1997? Why are you defending this movie? I mean, clearly nobody knows about it. We get it. But why do you love it? Yeah. So so here's my story about Rocket Man, which Mm -hmm. leads into why I love it. So... Growing up, I had a, a best friend who lived a few doors down from me named Sia. Shout out. I know. Sia. I had friends, Sia. Yeah. And uh, he had a sister, Nika, who was probably like like a good like seven, eight years younger than us. Like, So mm-hmm. she was, we were in 97, I was in seventh grade. So what I was like 12. No, she was only a few years younger. She was probably like six or seven. But it was, you know, a big enough difference at that age. We were completely different we are lost with the math like at this yeah. point mm-hmm. but the point is we i hung out with sia all the time which meant like there were these friday sia nights. the singer he was not the singer he was not that is i'm well no you wouldn't know you like to tell herself. the stories if you know sean about how hanging out with famous people I do all the time because you did grow Sia. up in LA, and you happen to just know too many. But Sia was people. not. Sia was was uh, is he's still alive? Um, he is Thank not God. a singer, I believe, okay. unless it's an alter ego. But so we do. I don't know if you guys did this, but there was kind of those like Friday night blockbuster trips where you oh, kind yeah. of go and you'd rent. You know, you go and you rent like a movie. You'd rent maybe like a video game, and then Nika, his sister, would rent a movie too. 
Okay. And we'd kind of go over to see his house and we'd have like a sleepover. But the first movie we'd watch would have to be Nika's, right? Because she would go to bed. So it's like mm. we'd watch that movie and then, you know, the like edgy, like diehard kind of movie we'd watch afterwards. And so Rocket Man was one of those pickups. And around that time, I had seen all these movies, Baby's Day Out, Home Alones, blah, 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 all these kids movies with Nika. And so we put on Rocket Man expecting that. And I remember genuinely like having like guttural laughs at this movie. For a, and, and it stuck out in my head because a lot of the humor, it stuck out in my head for a couple of reasons. One, I feel like it was, it was such a vehicle for Harland Williams in a way that kids movies usually aren't. Kids movies don't usually feature like a crazy kind of character kind of playing a version of themselves. Pee Wee Herman? So I would put this, but so I think Pee Wee Herman is kind of the exception. And that's why adults like that too. Mm. Kids movies, to me, one thing about this movie that kind of stands out is there are no kids in it. Like Jungle to Jungle, Tim Allen is the, the, the name in that movie. But the movie is really about his kid, you know, and the kid, right. you're seeing everything through the kid's eyes. Um, Home Alone 3 came out in 1997. Joe Pesci, well, Home Alone 3, I don't think has them, but Home Alone 1 and 2 has Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. They're the crazy people, right? But the movie is about Kevin McAllister. The movie's about the kid. And so this one's crazy because you'd think that if you were Disney and you're going to make a movie about a goofy situation in space, you'd send a kid to space. Rookie of the Year, perfect Mm -hmm. example. It's about baseball. It's a kid playing in the major leagues. Instead, they get Beethoven, Beethoven. Beethoven about a dog. Airbud, Airbud came out the same year as this. You do it with a dog or a kid or something. This movie didn't do it. It was an adult. And it was a funny kind of Jim Carrey-esque adult. Mm -hmm. And so you got these kind of funnier moments where if it had been a kid, I don't think I would have found it as funny or charming. But since it was an adult who who was a comedian and not like a kid actor, but like an experienced comedian... It was funnier. There's so many lines that are obviously ad-libbed now that I watch it again that are funny. And there's a lot of good, like, wordplay, which you don't see. There's, listen, there's the scene where he farts up his suit. There's the scene where he fights the monkey. There's that kind of, like, kid pratfall bullshit. But there's also, like, some genuinely, like, funny lines and, like, plays on words and stuff like that. That, especially when I was, like, 12 years old, it was a little bit mature, but not in, like, a pandering way. In a way that was very much based on this funny character and not sounds, on saying something risque. It sounds like a just perfect age. Like it hit you at exactly perfect age before your balls dropped, but yeah. after your armpit, armpit hair grew yeah. Making think, so many assumptions. Yeah. I would argue that your balls drop before you get armpit hair. I have no idea I about balls so. dropping. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I don't even know what it looks like. This is like Yeah. It's loud. This is like car- yeah. it's a cartoon in my head. Yeah. It's a it's a big moment. There's a party. Um <laughs> Ball mitzvah. A ball Whoa. I like that. Thank you. Like that. Uh do you have any do you remember any lines that you find genuinely? So Good. there is a moment that literally stuck with me from I'm I'm what am I now? I'm 38 years old. So I was 12 when I saw this. So 26 years 
I remember, and this is a, a scene that is not in the trailers, it's not in the poster. I viscerally remember this scene from watching the movie. That's how ingrained it was. And it's it's also funny watching it again because it it's kind of a weird, like almost a plot hole with the movie. But there's a scene pretty early on where they want to test um, isolation, what how isolation mm-hmm. is going to affect um, Harlan Williams. And so he basically, to really quickly recap where we are in the movie, he's this mathematician who's a super intelligent guy, which is also... Video game designer. Well, he plays video games <laughs> to unwind, but he is, he's he like a, a programmer. He could, but... This is also a unique thing about this movie is that Harlan Williams is stupid, but he's also really, really smart. And you don't see it in lot in kids' movies. The kid is really smart. The adult is the bad guy or the parent or both. And they're really stupid. And the kids really – where this movie's like, no, no, this guy's a genius. He deserves to go to the moon or to Mars. Sorry. He's a really smart guy, but he also has zero social skills and is kind of an idiot. In fact, there's a line that Bo Bridges, who we'll get to, because he's great. Bo Bridges says, you have to be the smartest person in the world and the stupidest person in the world to get this right. Fortunately, we have both of those. <laughs> but so they're trying to test if this this guy is up against another very smart astronaut. And one of them is going to go to Mars. And so they're kind of baking him off. And they do an isolation test for 24 hours. They lock them in like a soundproof room, which strangely is soundproof to any everything except the room next door, which is it's, strange. It's so ridiculous. <laughs> oh, we want to test if you can deal with isolation. You will be able to speak to the person, to the person in the other to room. It's a but major <laughs> flaw that they said. You know what? We don't care, though. They're like, it's so funny. So they put them both in isolation. And... The, you know, the hook of the scene is Harlan Williams naturally adapts to being alone, but he does it in a way that is so annoying that he drives the other guy insane. <laughs> and like, there are so many like sort of prop comic ways you could have done this, right? And I feel like any kid's movie, I feel like the natural thing is it would have ended with him like breaking down the wall somehow and them like being together it would have been but this movie doesn't do that it doesn't take that choice instead harlan williams annoys him by singing john jacob jingleheimer schmidt in a really loud voice which is funny and weird and almost like an alt comedy kind of like a zach galifianakis kind of gag mm-hmm. and then he starts doing a puppet show to entertain himself where all the puppets have different <laughs> voices and it's so subtle what they're they're not making poop jokes, they're not making butt jokes. They just have these British accents, and they find like normal things of like they're having a tea party. And so there's a scene right at the end where they open the door to the the more experienced or the more conventional astronaut, and he's lost his mind. He's got his underwear on, or his pants on his head, and he's like, oh, "What day is it?" And then they open Harlan Williams, and Harlan Williams is so calm. He goes. Can you give us another five minutes? I'm still in. I, we haven't gotten to act three, which is kind of a mature joke. And then the puppet yeah. turns and goes, you're letting in a draft. And I remember losing my mind at that. And mm-hmm. I think, honestly, it was such not a kid's joke. Like, that's not what you'd expect mm-hmm. from a kid's movie. And a, that's 
the kind of like silly irreverent humor you'd expect from like you know a movie for 12 to 14 year olds when this movie was not this movie was for seven and eight year olds yeah yeah Mm -hmm. it skews very young uh funny thing about that too is like if you didn't know him that character you'd be like you've lost your mind as well sir yeah <laughs> no totally that, right? but it's He's like so no, crazy we, we no, know that you're so weird that that's this his is baseline normal. yeah uh sasha had had you ever heard of rocket man no have you you know what so i've been a fan of this movie for a long time oh um, i can't remember uh if i saw it when i was young but i think i may have seen it for the first time when i was in my teens late teens even and i remember post 9 11 yes yes oh it really takes on a different (laughs) it's Mm -hmm. the shadow of it is yeah is definitely there but the um i remember thinking this movie was hilarious just top a a top tier (laughs) comedy you know forgotten gem of a movie so i was very excited to uh revisit it for this podcast i was very familiar with it and in fact so Harlan Williams starring in it. If just by this movie alone, you'd kind of think he was on a tear similar to Jim Carrey or um, even a Polly Shore. Kind of mm-hmm. these these big personalities who became leading men in, you know, a certain era. But that's kind of not the case for Harlan mm-hmm. Williams. He's a big character actor. He certainly had an amazing career. Um, still does. Uh I think he produces a kid's show now, so he's, you know, does more than, than acting. But, like, as far as leading men roles, this is kind of it. Yeah, this was... So, in Dumb and Dumber, in all the Fairly Brothers movies, he has, like, a good little meaty character actor bit, a scene. So, in Dumb and Dumber, it was 94. He pulls over uh, Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels and plays a cop and actually is a pretty tame for him mm-hmm. role and then i think the year after this he was in half baked which is probably the biggest Bigger, thing that yeah. i remembered him from but that's also a thing is like this is a guy he does this disney movie for kids and then the next year is in half baked so he kind of was like you know he was the guy that you're in your like early teens that you're like man this guy's cool you know mm-hmm. it was like a jim yeah. carrey and not like a jim carrey i'm pandering to kids it's like no he's going to be harlan williams yeah and he drinks piss yeah, well cuz he's such a uh like his his sense of humor isn't dirty or anything like that he still could just be himself it wasn't like putting you know an Andrew Dice Clay or someone in a kid's movie and it's kind of like, oh, this is funny because they normally would be cursing. Right. It's like, no, he just played himself, you know? Yeah, he's naturally interesting. You know, yeah. I could I could certainly understand if someone's not a fan of him, but he is sure. definitely, like, captivating and someone who, like, you could probably have him play any role and it's at least going to be interesting because there's something so unique about him. He, he'll kind of make any role his own. And I think that's kind of uh, one of those qualities that not everybody has. I will say my my kids have been, or my little daughter has been obsessed. Still off. I know. Got two of them. Um, she's been obsessed with uh, Yesterday, randomly. The Jennifer Garner 
um jenna ortega oh yeah i uh, hated that movie yeah it's but, uh... not that good um <laughs> but it's such a like that was to me what all these kids movies were like the parents everything's very like surface level like haha funny situation that gets out of hand um that creates a really big moment that it's not about dialogue it's not it's just about like oh god there's foam all over the house it's kids versus adults and it's kids versus adults the adults are kind of the they become the kids right they're kind of dumb and it's not savvy and they are trying to figure themselves out meanwhile the kids got it all together and they're in the leadership kind of role and at just contrasting those two movies i was like yeah where the hell are the rocket mans of the world of just like, no, we're going to have this crazy ass character. That's going to lead the movie. And we're just going to let him go wild in every scene, doing whatever he wants and playing a version of himself. With a really fun structure too. It's just the perfect training. Yeah. Space travel. And then we're on Mars. And you get all the gags for each one of those. Yeah, it kind of, like, writes itself with each piece of, like, all right, you go, you know, it hits, you think, like, oh, space training, and it's like, oh, they're going to put him in that weird thing, the gyro thing that spins around, and, oh, we're going to put him in a zero-gravity G-force thing, but one thing I, I, we have to bring up is Bo Bridges and his character, because this is much like the Twin Towers in uh, Spider-Man. This is... This movie does not shy away from controversy and casts a character who is allegedly he is he was there for the Apollo 13 <laughs> mission. And now Apollo 13 had only come out a few years prior. Like obviously the Apollo 13 mission had happened years before. Right. But this uh the movie Apollo 13 which was an introduction to Apollo 13 to a lot of people including me as to what had happened which was a very mm. serious movie about yeah. A, yeah. A, a near tragedy in space. And this movie comes out, what, three, four years later, and it, they're like, hey, we should have a character who was responsible, responsible. for what happened on yeah. the real a Apollo 13. <laughs> a and by the way, everyone at NASA just, like, makes fun of him for it. Yeah. <laughs> like, eh. <laughs> like, that's like having a movie, and you're like, you know what? We'll have this movie, and we'll have George Bush be president, and everyone who walks by him in the hallways will be like, eh, miss those emails about a Taliban attack, about an Al-Qaeda attack, huh? <laughs> It's crazy that they, like, that was okay. Like, yeah, sure, let's have him be... That'll just be part of his character. It's and really Bridges, bizarre. And he plays it so straight. Mm-hmm. And and not in, like, an uncomfortably straight... Like, not in an... Not uncomfortable. Not in an obviously straight way. He just... Mm-hmm. He acts like he's in a straight film, which is great. He's ne- He never breaks that. He never, like, winks at the camera and goes, like... And and it smells like farts in here or whatever. He's like, no, he's not the principal from Ferris Bueller who's mm-hmm. over the top straight. He is, I'm in a straight movie where people make fun of me for failing Apollo 13. It's so bizarre. Like, they could have made up yeah. a tragedy like right. just Anything. as well. Yeah. Because that gave me pause so much. I had forgot about <laughs> yeah. that part. And I'm watching it. I'm like, this feels fucking weird that they would put this reality in there. It's cra- and then at the end of the movie, not to give too much away, it basically is you, explained you 
Well, it's explained that it was his boss, his boss's fault. What happened mm-hmm. to Apollo 13? And he had been covering for his boss for all this time. So they bring it back and go, hey, I don't know if you remember, but at the beginning of the movie, we were making fun of this guy for this real terrible thing that almost killed astronauts. And how far we've come. The, you know, a reluctant astronaut comes out right after a space tragedy bombs. This movie comes out, granted, years after a space tragedy, and they go, eh, fuck it, put it in the script. <laughs> 1997. Clinton. Yeah. Clinton. And, and what about the president in the movie? They do, it's not Clinton, but it's not not Clinton. He kind of looks like Clinton. Yeah. They just don't say it. <laughs> yes, true. Uh, why do you think this movie was not popular, never popular, really. It was a failure at the box office. Yeah, it didn't even make back, according no. to Wikipedia, it didn't even make back its budget. Right, um, which means it's a total failure, yeah, right? It's it seems pretty bad. I forgot to look up precisely what came out against it, but mm. I'll say... What it did worse and worse every weekend from what I saw. Yeah, it did terrible, and it wasn't... I think 97 was... You know what? Independence Day, I think, was that year. Mm. I mean, there were some big movies, but I would argue that it it didn't do. If you compare it to the other kids' movies, you've got Home Alone three, starring a kid, big deal franchise. Then you've got Jungle to Jungle, Tim Allen at I would argue his height. This is two mm-hmm. years after Toy Story. Home Improvement is still on the air at this point, and then you've got Flubber with Robin fucking Williams. I think this movie was a weird, I can't believe they greenlit it. Where they're like, we're going to do a kid's mm. movie. There's going to be no kids in it. There's going to be this actor that's kind of like an up and coming kind of guy. He's a character actor. He's been in a bunch of things as a crazy like wackadoo character. And we're going to just give him a vehicle. And by the way, it's not going to be marketed toward anybody who has seen the movies he's been in. Because the people who had seen the yeah. movies he'd been in have been were me and my friends who definitely mm-hmm. were not the audience for this movie. It's not even like, oh, well, Robin Williams is in a bunch of movies that these kids' parents have seen, so they will bring their kids. This is like, you know, if at that point if I had a kid, it was a very unfortunate situation that had caused me to have a child old enough to see Rocket Man at 14. <laughs> well, or 12. At I least 12. it means you got yeah. laid. I mean, <laughs> But yeah, I think Harlan Williams is uh, is great in the movie, but he just did not have the name to yeah. bring butts in the seats for this movie, and it needs it, I think, for if you're gonna make money like Jim Carrey in this movie. Oh, it would have been huge. It's yeah, millions and millions of dollars, and probably a different movie in a lot of ways too. Um, one thing Roger Ebert gave it loved it three loved out of four it. stars. Yeah, seemed to enjoy it, and I believe. Was it? I was reading some reviews of it, and someone pointed out that there's a guy in it. I forgot to look up his name. A guy, like a balding guy, um, has like male pattern baldness, um, who kind of like has that look of an astronaut guy who they mentioned, they call it in the review, has probably played this part in like 15 other movies. <laughs> and I think he has. He just plays the like NASA ground control yeah. guy. <laughs> It's like the guys who play like villains or henchmen. But yeah. Like, hey, you've been a henchman for so many crimes. <laughs> exactly. Like this guy, I think the guy was in Apollo 13. So he knew that Bo Bridges had fucked it up. It, there <laughs> could take place in the same universe That's as true. well. <laughs> we don't, we don't wow. know for sure. 
I don't know if there's a year attached to it because I wonder when in the world of Rocket Man we go to Mars. Because at this point, we're pretty like right. the technology's not very crazy different. It's not like it takes place in a you know 2035 or something. I think it takes place in a 1997 where mm. we are able to get to Mars, which now. 30 years later almost, we have not gone to Mars yet. So, Looking at you, Musk. I know. <laughs> Take us up there to work in your factories. Stop <laughs> tweeting. <Yeah. laughs> if only. I think that's the, the only thing stopping him is he needs to be CEO of one less company and he could really Seriously. get us to Mars. <laughs> but also like he just needs to like stop distracting himself from the good things he was doing for the I world. Know, right? Yeah, like... Uh, you know, because we're so afraid that the earth is going to turn into a hot, barren wasteland with no food or oxygen. So our plan is to go to a hot, barren wasteland with no food or oxygen. I I think their plan's great. I think what we should do is send like a chunk of the world to Mars. Chunk. A chunk. And they can learn how to survive on Mars so that when they come back, earth will be like Mars. And they'll be like, oh, check it out. This is how you do it. And it's going to be really sad. Sean, there's a movie in there somewhere. I know. With Harlan Williams, maybe. There's also like uh, some war crime there, too. Where you're like, how about about this one specific population (laughs) that we'll send to Mars? It'll be prisoners and the Irish. (laughs) That's who we'll send. (laughs) With a bunch of Guinness. No, the Irish would be terrible. They almost got wiped out from running out of potatoes. And I mean, I think that's all you can grow on Mars according to the movie The Martian. Martian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. What are, based what are, on fact in many based ways. Based on fact, yeah. Based a in the of... Rocket Man universe. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yeah. You can't have uh, that movie without Rocket Man. No. And that's, Rocket that is Man 100% true. stepped so that uh, the Martian could The leave. Martian could poop. Could poop. Right? He poops. I, he poops? He pees? He poops in his, in his potatoes. That's how he makes yeah. his potatoes, with his poop. Um, Spoilers for The Martian. I do want to bring something up. um, Please. About this, uh, a a big plot hole that I saw. All of it really revolves around that isolation chamber. Because there's the one thing of you're isolated from everybody except the wall next to you. But also, (laughs) he passes the isolation with flying colors. Now, granted, 24 hours. But then later in the movie, he, a monkey, um, steals his, his... pod that puts him to sleep for eight months they say eight months my now, daughter is eight months so i, I can imagine how life, long for her that she is goes, oh long. my god <laughs> but so first off he, the love interest in that movie um mm-hmm. who i thought was great and has done some tv shows since but really didn't do anything else unfortunately she goes well you gotta go to sleep because eight months the boredom alone would kill you <laughs> I think she says, or would drive you crazy. To which I go, eight months? I don't think that's that crazy. With all of those people? <laughs> like, that uh-huh. doesn't sound right. like that's like a, a tour with a band is eight mm-hmm. months in a, a small location. We just mm-hmm. did this uh, with COVID. And it it sucked, I, I, but it didn't, it wasn't as crazy as what they say. He doesn't, right. fall, so he doesn't go to sleep. He stays awake for the full eight months. And he goes, fucking nuts yet 
part of his training literally was, man, this guy is the best at this isolation thing. And they fast forward like a week and this guy is using food to paint things on the wall. And, you know, he's full on talking to the Wilson volleyball type of deal Mm -hmm. in, you know, in two weeks. And it's so crazy to me that nobody looked at it and said, wait, we we said that part of this guy's superpower was that he could handle isolation. And but is that the how moment he handles it, though, by getting a little wacky, but uh, not like... You know a what? Bit, but he seems a little yeah. worried, like, when it yeah, happens, he he's stressed. That. Yeah, he's, yeah. like, stressed on it. And you're like, well, at least, like, 24 hours would be cool. We know that yeah. you would be yeah. cool right then, yeah. and you would lose yeah. it. But, you know, that's the great work of uh, The Last of Us's Craig Mazin. Writer, yeah, uh huh, nailed one it. A uh, uh, Emmy Award winning writer, of yeah, Rocket one of his Man. early early works with his writing partner, former writing partner, rather. Maybe that maybe uh, Chernobyl would have been a lot funnier if that writing <laughs> partner would have come back. I thought, I thought it was that's funny what enough. it needed, <laughs> yeah, it had its moments. <laughs> uh, is there anything else we haven't covered about the Rocket Man or just, just Rocket, Rocket Man? Man. Just Rocket Man. In fact, they could have just... called the Elton John movie The Rocket Man. The Rocket Man. Never did it. Um, uh, just never Shelley Duvall. Enough. Oh, We got Shelley Duvall in Shelley it. Shelley Duvall. I mean, there's a lot of, I think, there's Shelley Duvall and because it's a Disney movie, what about how he sings When You Wish Upon a Star, mm-hmm. which is kind of shocking, one, that they let him sing so much of it just for... It, it kept going it on and on. It keeps going. It's yeah. the like romantic thrust of the movie yeah. too. Like it's hugely <laughs> important. But that reminds me though of one one other scene that I do want to bring up. That is such a like I feel like is part of why I like this movie is it zigs where other movies zag, and I feel like a perfect mm. example is uh, he gets the courage coin from uh, Bo Bridges. Uh, Bo Bridges, it, when he's about to go into the rocket, and he's very nervous, and uh, Bo Bridges goes, listen, I uh, I have three challenge coins that I got from uh, uh, President Johnson when, you know, the Shout Apollo out. mission started. Yeah, he shouts out Johnson, and he's like, one I gave to Jim Lovell, who was on Apollo 13, one I gave <laughs> to Neil Armstrong, maybe? I forget who the middle person is. And he goes, and I have this coin of courage, and I'm going to give it to you. And I feel like the, the, the zig or the zag that a normal kid's movie would do would be he'd drop the coin, right? He'd go, oh, right thanks, away. this is so great. Whoa. And it's, you know, because he set up this is so valuable. It's one of a kind. The president of the United States gave it to me. And you go, hey, he drops it. Instead, this movie decides we're going to have Harlan Williams do the voice of the cowardly lion from The Wizard of Oz and sing a song that goes on 20 seconds longer than it should. <laughs> it's just such a good, like, it is so funny because that's such a specific choice. That's so crazy and so the antithesis of what you think is going to happen. And it's just not meant, like, Nika, the seven-year-old, is not laughing at that. I don't know if she'd even seen The Wizard of Oz at this point. But it's so hilarious because here's this grown man doing this with the voice, like full with the voice the whole time. It's it's brilliant. Or it's the wow. worst or it's or it's terrible. <laughs> and maybe that's what's so funny about it is it is the, the wrong other. choice. It is, it is 
he does a couple choices like that that feel like someone someone on set was just like hey harlan just go for it on this one yeah, and, and then, then he did it. something yeah. he can do he was like oh i do this impression of the cowardly lion i'll do that and then they're like cool that's better than uh mason's joke so yeah I wonder what Craig Mason, if Craig Mason's like, none of what I wrote is in here. <laughs> right, right. Like, does he hate it? Yeah. Yeah. I'll have does to ask him. Does he blame? Him. We'll have to ask him. He, yeah. He's a... Is he coming on he's a big. He's a big fan of the podcast, so he yeah. always reaches out with notes. Uh, so, yeah, and then the coin gets, like, used to save everything, right? Does the coin come back up? Doesn't? Doesn't? He I, drops it in the toilet. That's what it is. He drops it in the toilet. So he does end up doing the they kids' save joke the thing. They, yeah, yeah, they, they save the gag. Yeah, they save the gag for later. That's what it is. They save the gag for later. And then it's funny because then, yeah, he turns blue. And then when they're talking to President Not Clinton, later on, he comes out dressed in blue and sings another song. The third, <laughs> yeah. there are three songs in that movie that are sung a cappella by Harlan Williams. For a while. For yeah. Yeah, really a, a good chunk of time. And in that one... The he sings. Um, he's got the whole world in his hands, and for some reason, the entire world starts singing the song, including tribes that they show yeah. that do not have televisions anywhere. <laughs> so I don't know how they know this is happening because it's something that is bro- being broadcast on television. You don't see a they're radio uncontacted or a tribes. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. they're singing the song live as uh, Harlan Williams, along with Harlan Williams. Incredible. It's incredible. I think, would you sing a song from this movie, Sean, for us to yeah. transition to the ratings? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if I remember. Uh, when you wish upon a star makes no difference who you are. I don't know the rest. Of it. I I, I <laughs> would keep so going if I remember. Good. The it's so fucking yeah. good, dude. Because he does it Save like that. It. He's got a great. Jim Save it for our improv shows to come. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, I'll come back on to do it. Pinocchio, and then I'll do it again. The bad one or the good one? What's the bad? Oh yeah, the bad one's bad. Yeah, because um, there's a couple like Pinocchios yeah. came out this year, like yeah, the four of them. Del Toros. Yeah. That's. <laughs> yeah, and then there's the Polly Shores, right? Polly Shores. I forgot. Yeah. That one. Four of them came out this year? I think three, right? Yeah, I, I think maybe four Joe's. came out in the last Joe's. two years. Within yeah. two years, four uh-huh. have come out. It's, so. yeah. it's Wow, in, it's in the air. Yeah, we're dying um, for it. <laughs> yeah, we definitely should talk about A, Pinocchio, and Shut Up, I Love It. But right now, Joe, would you tell us, how does the rating system work on Shut Up, I Love It? Yes, we're going to rate Rocket Man on a scale of 0 to 10 using something else as our basis for the rating. So that something else could be another kid's movie. You could say, hey, Jungle to Jungle is a 3 out of 10, and this movie is a 6 out of 10 because it's twice as good. Or you could choose something like Oxygen. Oh, Oxygen mm. is something I need to live in space or here. That's a 10 out of 10, and so is this movie. And if that doesn't make sense... Sasha and I will go first to give some examples. Why don't you go first? Because we already kind of know. Go. Kind of know what? That you love it. Okay, so let's talk about another kids' comedy movie. That could be good to to just round it out here. I had one in, in my head just a second ago and then totally forgot it, but I'm getting it back right now as we speak. Baby's Day Out. 
<laughs> I, <laughs> I haven't seen that one in a while. I wonder if it still holds up. I'll, I'll go with um, one that I could probably watch anytime. And it's not this. Uh, let's go Ace Ventura 2. Ooh. It's not a kid's movie, mm-hmm. but I saw it when I was in. Jesus Christ. I think I saw it in second grade. Um, and there's like sex and masturbation jokes yeah. and that and violence. Um, so yeah, since I would have been about the same age that you would want to watch this movie at, that's a 10 out of 10. I love that movie. I love the Mm -hmm. first one as well, but that second one I think really goes, um, it's a classic. I'll put it on anytime. I think I've watched it in the last couple years and still held up a rocket man. Like I said, I was super excited to watch it, um, because I remember barely laughing, but I saw it the first time, but I don't think I laughed once watching it this time. Yeah. I uh, did he not think it was it. funny whatsoever. <laughs> um, there's a lot I appreciate about the jokes. Um, there are a lot of uh, uh, pretty good gags, but nothing that was really, like, getting me. And I really expected to kind of have those kind of surprise laughs of, like, oh, yeah, holy shit, I forgot about that joke. That's so funny. Um I still think it's pretty entertaining. I think, like I said, that structure is so good of just, oh, you get all the training gags. You get the space gags, and then you get the on the surface of Mars gags. I I love all that, and it kind of plays almost like an Apollo parody, like Mm. space parody movie, more so than just its own movie. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to have to give it a 3 out of 10. (laughs) Wow. Rough. What would you, what would you, if you put yourself back into your brain as, you know, second, third grade, whenever you saw it, was it a 10 out of 10 then, you think? Has I it think so. And it was points? even like later that I saw it. I think I saw yeah. it like late teens. And I think I would have really been like, no, this is a hilarious movie. I think if it's one of the, I was in a position where I would have like told my fiance, Oh, we got to watch this. This movie's hilarious. Trust me. I remember it being super funny. And then we would have watched it together and she would have looked at me and been like, what, what's wrong with you? So it's crazy that you had a fiance back then. That's true. Yeah. You like to settle down, man. Or my wife, actually my wife, she's not my fiance anymore now, but yes. Um, uh, by the way, Sean, you were, have been with your wife since, 17? Yeah, since uh, 16, because she had to sign so, me into an R-rated movie, or buy the tickets to an R-rated who movie. Who is stalking? You know what I mean? I know. I know. I know. I can't. I wish I could remember that Upon movie. a star. I wish I could. I wish <laughs> upon a star. Uh, yeah, all that stuff was really grating to me as well. While Harlan Williams, I do think, was good, I think he got let off the leash a little bit with those moments. Yeah. Uh, too much. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, it just it didn't hit... I can now see as that. A, now as an older man. I uh, com- will compare this movie to another stupid comedy that I've truly enjoyed. It's Eurovision Song Contest. Oh, yeah. The story of Fire Saga. Just absolutely oh, fucking yeah. love that movie. Yeah. It's a, Don't care anything about anything. That movie is a 10 out of 10. It's so funny. Also, be- probably because I grew up with Eurovision. It's a big deal. So I know right. exactly what they're mm. referring to. Um I think I was a little tired when I was watching this movie. So part of me was like tired and wanted to go to sleep. But the other part was like saying, I think he's great. 
the guy like everything depends on the main character in this kind of movie and my husband passed by and said well if you don't love him then the movie is not gonna work he's no jim carrey and i said you know what jim carrey has too big of a teeth i always get very scared when i see jim carrey his teeth are huge and there's something about it that like creeps me out so shout out to jim carrey but i was more comforted watching uh rocket man 1997 so i will give it 7.5 out of 10 so i think i will agree with joe i found it funnier (laughs) i remembered it as funnier than it was i would say i laughed out loud once re-watching it and that was because you remembered something unrelated no no, no. (laughs) somebody texted me a really funny (laughs) meme and i found that hilarious no it was when bo bridges when they made fun of him for Apollo 13. Like, I laughed, that sort of surprise laughter of, holy shit, I can't believe this happened. I totally forgot about this. And this is crazy that this is in this movie. But, I so I did some thinking. I, I've told a couple people that I was coming on and doing this. Shut up. I know, I have a couple friends. And everybody, I said, you know, I did it to justify this movie, Rocket Man, which I had thought was um how did i phrase it i phrased it where i was like it was you know mi- it was it was miss maligned but now watching it again maybe it was appropriately maligned <laughs> what the fuck Sean? so but the more i've thought about it and honestly even just talking about it right now my score has gone up because i think there's a lot of good weird unique things in it and i also think that it's tough comedy's tough a second time like there are certain things like i will always find i agree with ace ventura when nature calls forgetting sarah marshall is always fucking funny to me there are some things like that but there are also lots of things that like it's never going to be as funny as when i first saw it so i have to trust my first sort of like opinion of like this was funny and it's less funny because I was waiting for that puppet show scene. And then when I saw it, I was like, that wasn't that funny. It's like, well, yeah, because you were expecting it for 26 years. Yeah. That's all you were doing. Waiting for it. Yeah. So I'm going to compare it to another movie that I really liked. And then when I watched again, I was like, oh, I don't like this as much. And that movie was A Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, the 1984 Nightmare on Elm Street, I, and I've seen that movie a lot of times, but I hadn't seen it for about four or five years, and it was last Halloween, and I was with two friends. I have two, oh, two shut friends. Up. Same friends. And neither of them, they were the same. It was you guys. You don't remember this. <laughs> and we were watching it, and, I, and they had never seen it. And I was like, oh, it's, it's a good movie. Like, it's a genuinely scary movie. And it's not corny like the sequels, blah, blah, blah. And we watched it. And I mean, it's a fucking low-budget horror movie from the 80s. And the acting Mm -hmm. isn't great. Johnny Depp's in Mm -hmm. it. He's the best part, probably. The lead actress is pretty good. But it's... So it went from... I thought it was like a 9 out of 10. And it dropped to like a 6 out of 10 for me. And you are a a, a horror flick I love horror movies. So comparing this to that of like, oh, this to me was a 9 out of 10 when I was that age. And I bet it's dropped to like a 6 out of 10. I would say comparing it to Nightmare on Elm Street, I would put Nightmare on Elm Street, I would put them the same. I would put them both okay. as 9 out of 10s. I would say, or go. I'd say, you know what, let me say an 8 out of 10. 
But that's that's me. You know what? No, it's a yeah. fucking nine out of ten. It's a nine out of ten. Right. I'm gonna stand by it. Yeah, you're Damn just it. saying it. Yeah. But deeply inside, deep inside, you I'm didn't like it. <laughs> no, I I like what it did. It's like I don't <laughs> always want to listen. I don't always want to watch the Jackass movie. But sure. I appreciate that the Jackass movie exists. And my sure. reaction when I first saw the Jackass movie that this is hilarious. I can't believe yeah. I'm in a movie theater watching somebody like poop on his balls or whatever the fuck happens in that movie. I, I, I'm <laughs> I happy it. that it exists. And I feel that way about Rocketman. I'm happy that someone at Disney took that chance and lost their job because they greenlit this fucking movie. <laughs> Shout out. Um, fuck yeah. Thank you, Sean, for coming on Shut Up, I Love It, returning so gloriously and talking about Rocking Man, the Elton John. Wait, flick. so can I ask, and, and <laughs> Joe, you weren't there when I was on the first time, so I'll only ask Sasha this, but can you compare my performance? How would you rate both of my oh, performances? Oh, the scale? Yeah. Oh, okay. I would say that last time I had to do a lot of fucking work because it was Counting Crows and I had to edit a lot of freaking <laughs> music. So it's only it. based so on what you have to do. Yeah. That was like a zero on a 10 scale. <laughs> but I will do li like little to no work. Well, you have to do the music episode. drops. Uh, for Rocket Man. For Rock Man, yeah. <laughs> and When You Wish Upon a Star, The Cowardly Lion. Oh. Not gonna happen. He's got the whole world so, in his hands. Ten it's out of worth ten. It. It's worth <laughs> yeah. it. Oh, nothing's worth it. Um, <laughs> nothing's worth it anymore, y'all. I have a child who's eight months old. Uh, but thank you, Sean. And would you like to fucking like plug anything? I don't. I don't have anything to plug. Any video games that got coming out? It's, it's always Nothing. a secret. I know. I can't uh -huh. fucking talk never, about can stupid never, games. Can never, never. Joe, what about you? Any games? Know. Yeah. What do you got, Joe? Um, no, because <laughs> I don't want I don't want anybody who hears me say the things I do on this podcast to connect it to the children's <laughs> game work That's I true. do. But uh... there you go. There you go. Same. I will not talk about my video game. It's history and development either. Yeah, no. But you know what? You were great on Doom making that game all by yourself in 1993. <sighs> Thank you. Such I'm glad that you know, uh, that you remember it. Yeah, yeah very young. Um, that's it. Thank you, Elizabeth Salute, for the artwork. Thank you, Mr. Owl, for this amazing track. And thank you for listening. Rocket Man! Turning up the summer days in town. 